old Bessie, as she's named, was $2,300, and I spent seven nights in her. So if we're looking at that... Oh, my she, word. You have just thrown yourself under the bus. How much a night, then? Or under the van. Under the van? <laughs> uh, it was about... It would be like over $300 Okay. A night. In 2019, we are staying somewhere that's $300 a night. Now... I think it's only fair, and everyone out there will probably agree with me. You can let us know. <laughs> this is the final call. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 347. Every 60 seconds, 2,173 people arrive in a foreign country. So congratulations to those 724 and a third people who just arrived somewhere new during this intro. If you want to travel more in 2019, if you want to spend less on flights than you ever have before, and if you want to download an app by yours truly, and who doesn't want to do all three of those things, head on over to your app store right now and go download our new app, Jetto, J-E-T-T-O. What this will do, all you have to do, we've made it super easy for you, is pick a few airports and anytime an amazing flight deal comes from those airports, we are going to get it into your hands right away. So we just posted one to Australia. It was Australia from a lot of U.S. airports for under $700. So when something like that hits, it's usually only around for a day or two. So you have to get this deal right away. That's why we make it super simple. We send it directly to your phone as as soon as the deal is out. You can check out all the information if you're interested in a deal like this if you're like yeah this is a crazy awesome deal boys wanted to go here you can book it directly from your phone app jetto is totally free to download you can check it out when you do sign up make sure you use the uh, referral code epop that'll get you a free 14 day trial for our platinum version it'll also get you a discount if you decide to keep the platinum version if you don't if you just go with the free version that's totally cool as well so check it out go to the app store right now download jetto j-e-t-t-o and start getting those amazing flight deals directly to your phone nerds and welcome to the extra pack of peanuts travel podcast the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less i'm your host travis sherry and joining me today is someone who continues to try to convince me that floral wallpaper print is not that feminine (laughs) my wife and constant travel companion and someone who wants to wallpaper our room in flowers okay (laughs) To be fair, I just want to do one accent wall in indigo water floral print. So it's really, I mean, it's not its not as bad as you're making it out. I, apparently, it's not bad at all. I mean, you got it for Christmas, so they're, gonna, they're going up. They're going up soon. Our room will be covered in flowers. Listen, if we're not traveling as much as we have in like the year of 2015... I at least want my bedroom to look like a hotel room. A hotel room? What? What hotel room have you stayed in that have like floral? Well, I don't know. 
as you guys know, I am not the one to talk when it comes to style or fashion. So I've <laughs> acquiesced to Heather, and we will have floral wallpaper on our wall sometime very soon. Not that you guys care about that, though. You've came for our travel superlatives of 2018. This is part two of our year in review. So if you missed it, part one was when we gave you all our 2018 travel stats, how many places we slept in, how many miles we traveled. So if you want to check that out, you want to see if you slept in more places than we did, check it out. Uh, that's already out. You can, you can go over, find that. However you're listening to this podcast, you can find that. This is part two. We're giving you all our superlatives. So I always like to say this is like the high school yearbook. You know, when you flip to the back, it's like most popular, best musician, most likely to succeed. We're giving you our 2018 travel superlatives with accommodations and flights and also a bunch of cool miscellaneous stuff like craziest thing we've done, best thing we bought, most unexpected thing, all that type of good stuff. Next week, we have coming out for you one of the best shows of the year, our best meals of 2018. So fun. So fun. I don't even, we haven't even started putting that list together yet, but I am salivating thinking about it. Part four, Heather will do best wine and coffee. Part five, we'll do our best beer of 2018. Part six, another fave, best desserts of 2018. And then we end the year in review. We wrap it all up with our seventh part of the series, the best experiences of 2018. So you've got that to look forward to over the next couple weeks. Heth, we're starting off on accommodations because accommodations are probably the thing that you and I, I don't want to say disagree on, but we... We have differing opinions sure. on when it comes to accommodations sure. and how we want to travel. Although I have to say that over the past few years, especially maybe because we're traveling less, we can afford to spend a little bit more. So I tend to get my way a little bit more, you know, to to meet my standards, which is a really nice thing. Yeah, you, you I, I appreciate that. Just we're like we're the, not really roughing it so much anymore. Which just is like nice. the floral wallpaper <laughs> you seem to be getting i your always ways. win in the end so we're starting with the comms here and we're going to give you we're going to start off with our most expensive accommodation and this was actually a really tough category as we mentioned in our travel stat episode if you listen to that we go back and figure out every single night where we slept so it's 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 kind of nice because when you're doing something like most expensive you could see just a list of everywhere we slept. this year though in 2018 a lot of the places when we traveled were in the ex- like almost in the exact same range of that yeah, like we, a 90 to 140 dollar yeah, range. We didn't really splurge, which is fine, but we didn't really do any budget either, which was definitely fine. So it was more just like <laughs> this <laughs> this kind of just normal, yeah, nothing was really very expensive. I, my most expensive even though I didn't actually have to pay for it, but it would have been was the JW Marriott in Austin. It's like a newer hotel. It's really beautiful. And we stayed there during TravelCon for a couple of nights. And, you know, we had a great time there. So I think that was probably the most expensive place we stayed. Yeah. It, had we, right, had we paid out of pocket, some of these, we all the places we paid out of pocket were in this like 80 to $140 a night range. We'll talk about some of them. And, and what's interesting is even though they're all in the same range, some I considered really good value. Some I yeah, considered terrible, not great value because of where they were or just, you know, what they were like. 
But yes, the JW Marriott, had we paid for it, um, would have been our most expensive. We didn't have to because we were speaking at TravelCon, and so so we got put up there, which was really nice. And it is cool to spend nights in a nice hotel. We, we do this a lot with our travel points. Like, we're not the type of person... I am not the type of person. Let me put it that way. I am that person. Trav is not. Who would, who would say, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend 300 250 300 350 bucks on a hotel. I would definitely it just do that. Not seem, all the time, but... Right. It just doesn't seem worth it. But we do use our hotel points to splurge on that. And, and then this time, we got comped because we were speaking there, which was really cool. As far as the most expensive, I have two that... One, one is interesting. Um, I bought a white van... And drove it across the country. That's but true. If I consider this my accommodation, old Bessie, as she's named, was twenty three hundred dollars, and I spent seven nights in her. So if we're looking at that, oh my she, word, you have just thrown yourself under the bus. How much a night then? Or under the van? Under the van? <laughs> uh, it was about. It would be like over three hundred dollars. Okay, a night. in twenty nineteen, we are staying somewhere that's three hundred dollars a night. Now, I think it's only fair, and everyone out there will probably agree with me. You can let us know. <laughs> As we know, old Bessie hopefully will take more voyages and is has some worth outside of just spending the night in her. But so far, I've only spent seven nights in her, and she costs twenty three hundred bucks. So right now, she's averaging about three hundred, little over three hundred dollars a night. So that would be my most expensive. If we're looking at actual, you know, accommodations, <laughs> I did spend two hundred and fifteen dollars a night for a condo, a one bedroom condo in Vail with like a pull out couch. Uh, like I said, it was $215 a night. We stayed there two nights. Actually, really good deal for Vail in the winter where, where we were skiing. And I, and I did split it with a friend, but that would have been, that was the most expensive per night accommodation that I had. Even though it was good value, it was, yeah, you know, $215 a night. Right. Uh, my cheapest place that I stayed was at the Park Inn for two nights in Vancouver, British Columbia. Now, we actually used our hotel points for this. It was free. But even if I had paid for it, I think it was only like 130 dollars a night or something it wasn't that expensive but we did use our points and you know it was a nice location so it was a cool place to stay yeah my cheapest were free and i i talked about having bessie so if we don't consider the fact that i had to buy her as cost uh on the way back on driving back those seven nights we did not spend any money for camping uh in the van so a couple nights we spent in walmart parking lots awesome way if you're rving or camping around you could stay there for free now, obviously, Hath, they make good money off of like you going in and buying anything you could want in Walmart, <laughs> of course, but uh, actually free to park there. And then we we not only camped in some roadside campsites, but when I was out in Montana, I actually camped in a tent. And what I love about being out west is, A, there's so many of these like national forest areas that you can pull off and, and are allowed to park in whether you have a camper, whether you have tents, whatever, and just set up a tent, set up your camper, set up your van, um, and be in for free, which is awesome and was way harder to find or, or non-existent once you get east. So that was one of the, not surprising things, but one of the interesting things as we were driving across was out west, you just pulled off anywhere and it was legal and sometimes even had people there you know, watching it, rangers and all. Um, whereas you get east, it's way, way harder to find places to camp. So yeah, camping, totally free. And especially out west, really easy. Yeah, very cool. Um, so now, I mean, these are just, I guess, opinion-based. So we could have different 
Oh yeah, the best yeah, value. The best for sure. value. I mean, for me, I honestly think the best value was the C Club Alcudia in Majorca because you know it wasn't like a high end resort; it was a family resort. But the apartments were really nice. They were comfortable. They had a lot of pools. Like it wasn't on the beach, which I kind of, you know, missed a little bit having like that beachfront resort experience. It was a couple blocks away from the beach. And, um, you but, know, but still, I, right. Still, cause it, because walkable. it wasn't that expensive. It was a very affordable place to stay yeah, for I, being a resort. I think depending on w- different nights, we paid different amounts cause we booked like six nights ahead of time before we went, you know, a month or two in advance. And then we extended. And then we extended. And we actually upgraded because our original rooms, because we were there with Jason and his little girl, Ellie, and like we had, we wanted to be like in the rooms next to each other. And we were like, anyway, we we upgraded to better rooms. So I think it was between 90 to $120, depending on what type of room we were in. In the beginning, actually, we were paying $100 a night and we were also getting free, not free, but part of that was buffet breakfast and buffet dinner. So the value is really good when we booked ahead of time and added that on. Now we quickly got tired of the buffet dinners because it was like mayhem. It was 500 people in a huge hall with all their kids running around. But the food actually was was. Had it not been chaos in there, the food was actually good. Yeah, because we've been to some resorts, like when we went on our honeymoon and we were in Mexico, and I think a lot of the resorts in in the Caribbean have multiple restaurants you can go to. But at this resort in Mallorca, it was just like one big dining room, so it was... Yeah, it was a lot of people. It was mayhem. Um, but, but yeah, that was my best value. I yeah, thought it was a great spot. Obviously, we thought it was pretty good value because we added on. Like we originally went for six days or five or six days, and we were kind of laughing. Oh, we're at a family resort, and then we actually ended up staying ten full nights there. <laughs> um, yeah, really relaxing, really nice, really cool. I would agree. Very, very good value there. My two answers to this. Oh, two answers. Well, there's. They're kind of different. One I actually paid cash for and one I used my hotel points for. And so I'll start with the hotel point one. When I went to Portland, I stayed at the Hyatt House, Portland, downtown. Brand new place. It was 10,000 Hyatt points a night, which is great. Chase points transferred to them. So that's roughly equivalent to, if you're looking at Chase point value, $130 in points. Um, The reason this was such an amazing value and I stayed there three nights is when I got to Portland, I got very, very, very sick. Like at as sick as I've ever been. And when you're that sick, especially when, you know, I wasn't traveling with you at this point, Heather was alone. You just want a really nice, clean, comfortable hotel and obviously a nice bathroom for for reasons, you know, that don't have to be explained. I <laughs> did not leave, and this is why it was great value. I didn't leave the hotel for literally three straight days. I didn't walk outside. I was that sick. I just stayed in the hotel. So my cost per hour spent in the hotel, very, very very low. (laughs) And it was just nice. It was big. It was comfortable. And that's what I needed because I was, I was literally out. I couldn't do anything. Um, The other one I paid out of pocket for, and this was $25 a night, and we spent one night there, and it was the yurt at Swan Lake. (laughs) This was, uh, I'll I'll have to preface this a little bit, and this story will come up later, especially in our year in reviews, and in this episode as well, but we were on a river that we were supposed to be rafting down for seven days. It didn't happen that way. It ended up being three days, and we almost got stuck out on the river uh, without 
water. We had a little bit of food, but without water. And we had to hike up a cliff with a 15-person raft and a 10-person raft and all our gear for seven days straight up this mountain in 110-degree heat. Again, there's a story behind this that will come out. All that is to say is we were dead and not in good shape and worn out and dirty and disgusting. We get to this place. They have yurts. The yurts were bare bones. It was just like a wooden yurt with a cot and it with not even really a mattress. Didn't matter because what they had were showers. They had one shower specifically and we all took turns to take a shower and that I would spend... I would have spent way more than $25 just to have gotten in a hot shower and cleaned off after those four days on the river. So, or three days on the river, whatever it ended up being. I try to block a little bit of it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So by far the best value was the yurt at Swan Lake. Wow. Specifically the shower. Yeah. The shower. You know, you never know when you really <laughs> need a good shower. When you need a good shower, man. The worst value. The worst value for me was when we went to Florida last year, we took our first plane ride with Wit. It was January. You know, we didn't have a passport or anything for Wit. We wanted to go somewhere warm. So we went to to Hollywood Beach right outside of Miami um, with our good friends. And we got an Airbnb in this condo. And, you know, it was on the beach. It had a pool. And these are the reasons why we wanted to rent this place. And the pictures looked pretty good. However, when we arrived, we realized that it was like maybe one of the few condos in the whole like three. three yeah, there was three huge towers. Towers. Of like, what, 25 stories yeah, each. That was super outdated. We had to be in the crappiest one. Oh my gosh. Of, it was terrible. And it wasn't rooms. really that cheap. I mean, it was $200 a night. I mean, we were sharing it with another friend, so it wasn't expensive, but it was so terrible. And the beds, like it was so bad that I had to go to a um, bed, 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 Bath, bath & Beyond and buy a memory foam mattress topper because I woke up in the middle of the night like crying because my back and neck hurt so bad. It was... <laughs> I mean, we sent these people a message. A terrible and we were like, accommodation. We were like, here are the beds that we buy for our Airbnbs. Yeah. They're 200 to $250 each. You should buy these because yeah. everyone in the reviews had... Not everyone, but later we went through the reviews and we saw like, oh, beds aren't that comfortable, this and that. They... When they say weren't that comfortable, these things were like rocks. They I mean, had it to would be have been better to old. sleep almost on the floor. Yeah. It was so bad. So anyway, I, I enjoyed that trip to Florida. I didn't really enjoy the Airbnb. I thought it was a terrible value. Like for $200 a night, it would have definitely been worth it to spend maybe $300 a night and just the, had a better place. And the or thing that was the, I don't even the know. The thing that was the bummer about that was the towers that they were in were all like great pools right yep. on the beach. And, and as we mentioned, each unit was individually owned so ours was just you know whoever owned it hadn't updated in no joke 50 years whereas if you had updated this place even even just like lipstick on a pig updated right you know <laughs> well put some nice mattresses yeah, on you don't yes. have to rip the whole thing out no. and make it high end no just it like a been couple great. you know and also having airbnbs i tend to be very particular with the airbnbs that we rent because it doesn't take that much to have a really nice airbnb i mean the ones that we have i think that we, we probably spend a little bit more than maybe just like your average average airbnb because that's our goal to have really Ours nice are ones definitely like middle level luxury not super high end but right. certainly not average but just knowing that like even if you want it to be like a little bit more budget you can still make it nice yeah and that was the bummer because 
we we just kept saying, man, if we had had a different unit in this complex, we would come back. Yeah. And and we talked to some people and they they were like, oh, our unit's updated. And they told us how much they paid. And some of them even paid less than we had. That So that's always like a kick in the butt yeah. because you're like, oh, man, like we paid more and our place sucks. The worst value. So I was going to write that in. That was certainly was pretty bad value. I think there was one that was a little worse value wise. And that was the Airbnb that we rented in Budapest. And it was a we stayed there for eight days, and it was it came out to exactly eight hundred dollars. So it was a hundred dollars a night. Yeah, it it wasn't now great location. It was fine for being comfortable. Like the bathroom was nice, and and it was updated. The problem was there was just again for a hundred bucks in Budapest because a hundred bucks doesn't sound that expensive. You know, you can get something of that level probably for fifty bucks, and that's why we're talking value here. Is yeah. That, we just overpaid for it thinking it was going to be a luxury place and it ended up being an average place. Whereas if it would have been luxury, 100 bucks a night, you sit there and you think, cool. The other problem, and here is my issue with this, was it said there was no stairs. We had wit, we had a stroller, all that kind of stuff. It said there was no stairs and there was an elevator. Well, what it didn't mention was there was seven stairs when you open the door to get up to the elevator. So every time, and there you know, it was this old communist... Uh, housing thing so all the all the um, hallways were narrow and stuff like that so every time we had to go up and down we had to then take the stroller up and down seven stairs even just to get to the elevator which was a pain when we were going out like you couldn't go out by yourself no like there were you a few always times I have two people right I tried to take wood out and carrying him and a stroller down seven stairs was almost impossible um, so that was a pain they also only gave us one key and so there's two adults. So I would go out and one time Hath, I had to come back from where I was walking to, to come back to give you the key so you could lock it. So just yeah. little so, things I like mean, that were a pain in the butt. It's hard to know when, you know, you're booking an Airbnb. And that's the only thing where sometimes a hotel is a better experience because, you know, with most hotels what to expect. You know what I mean? You're going to have a couple key cards. You're not, it's always going to be accessible usually by an elevator. You're not going to have to worry about stairs, things like that. So, I mean, just, I don't regret renting that place. It was very cool. It was decorated really nice. You know, it looked out into a nice courtyard where you could open the big windows. And so, and it was in a great area. It was like in an area that I thought was pretty cool. So, yeah, I can agree a little bit that it wasn't the best value, but I definitely think the one in Florida was worse. So Fair. Fair. When we talk now, you know, we're going to get positive because that sounded, it was, well, it wasn't negative. It was just, you know, we're, we're bitching a little bit, right? But that's <laughs> fine. That's kind of, you know, we tell you what's good, what's bad. Um, Our favorite, and this doesn't have to do with value or how much we paid or anything like that, just straight up favorite accommodation of the last year. Mine was the Airbnb in Kelowna. British Columbia. Yeah. Well, because it was so fun. It was so relaxing. I didn't expect it to be that relaxing, but we were just, you know, Trav had been in Portland. He'd been sick. You know, I had traveled to Vancouver by myself with Wit. So we'd been apart and he'd been sick and I was taking care of Wit. Like, you know, I had my friends. It hadn't been to help mellow. Me, it hadn't been a vacation. It, it was tough. It was a little tough. And so then finally, when we got to Kelowna, we just had this Airbnb. We were with our friends. It looked out at the lake. 
and you know it had a really nice big balcony with a grill and some couches where you could just sit out there and just like stare at the sunset going down over the lake I mean it was just so idyllic and like one of the best spots to just be on an actual vacation and we were only meant to spend a couple nights there I think three or four nights Uh, yeah we ended up spending and we ended up spending five five nights I think we extended a little bit because it was just so relaxing we had just the best time And, and it wasn't really cheap it was a little bit on the more expensive side especially because you know for some of the time there were five of us staying there but then when we extended it was only three of us so it got a little more expensive but it was so worth it because we just totally relaxed Cologne is a cool little city and there's you know we could walk to fun restaurants we could go swim in the lake we could go up to the pool there was a hot tub it was just awesome it was when someone does an Airbnb right yes and, and that's kind of what w- you know, one of the reasons we wanted to get into having our own Airbnbs was the fact that when you stay in one that someone does right, it's just, it's relaxing, it's nice, everything is, you know, not that everything's taken care of for you, but like everything you'd expect is there and it's in a cool location. That's what we want to give to people when they come to Philly. And so I, they just did a great job. And I, I love the, uh, I love that condo in Kelowna as well. And you can't beat the views going out on your deck, looking out over the lake. Then you have the mountains in the background. It was one of the most relaxing, maybe the most relaxing time that we had in all of 2018. I think so. I have one more that I'm going to throw in here as a, as an extra. We spent one night in the Badlands when we were in the van. And that was awesome because we got to this campsite. They told us it wasn't open, but we, or like the sign said there was no spots left, but we drove up and there was. We parked the van and sleeping in an amazing national park and then waking up the next morning and driving out of something that looks like you're on Mars and having, we didn't wake up at sunrise. We woke up after that, but it was just, it was a really cool, really fun night of sleeping out under the stars, you know, not technically we're in the van, but just out in the wilderness. And then the next morning driving out of there was really Yeah, that sounds amazing. Least favorite accommodation of the entire year. I mean, mine was that that Airbnb in Hollywood Beach. All right. I have, so yeah, I have a different one from from the worst value because again, the Budapest one, I, I didn't mind the place. I just didn't think it was great value. My least favorite was we spent... Two nights in a high rise in Vancouver. Oh yeah, and it was about one hundred and eighty dollars for I a one bedroom, and it, it looked bigger in the pictures, yeah. and it was tiny. It was like this closet bedroom, and then this little tiny couch that they said someone could sleep on, which our friend did. There was it was Heather Witt and I, and our friend who was slept on the couch, and we slept in this crazy small bedroom you could barely yeah move. there was nothing in it there was no room except for the bed and it was so hot there was Super no hot. like there air was conditioning which no I air mean, conditioning and you couldn't open you the couldn't windows. open the windows you couldn't get any like breeze so it was it was a rough two nights in this little shoebox of an apartment that was pretty expensive yeah and we're not you know we've stayed in new york city we're not used to huge huge places this was i, I mean it could not have been more than 350 square feet. And again, not be, the worst was the heat. No air conditioning, which I know yeah. is common not to have air conditioning in, in BC, but yeah, no way to open the windows. So you just baked. There yeah. was nothing you it could do. It was very uncomfortable. So, and now that you're think when you mentioned the Airbnb in Vancouver, we were there and we weren't sure of our plans. So we didn't book ahead. And we had to spend a few nights in Vancouver. 
And all the hotels were booked or really, really expensive. We couldn't use our points anywhere. There were hardly any Airbnbs. I mean, it was like just totally tapped out. There was nothing available. So we ended up staying after we were in that place for two nights. We're like, well, we're not going to stay here anymore. We found another Airbnb, which was in like a cooler area of BC because that one was like right downtown. So we went right off. Right next to Dude Chilling Park. (laughs) Dude Chilling Park. Favorite park in the world. Right next to Main Street. um, So like a really nice chill area. And that was really expensive. Yeah, it was like two hundred. So over that $200 was a night. probably our most expensive accommodation, and I had just forgotten that we even stayed there for two nights. It was just Trav, Wood, and I, and it was a very cute, very comfortable apartment. But it was expensive for what it yeah, was. For that two actually nights. was my runner-up for worst value. Was just accommodations in Vancouver. We hit it at a time I, there was no crazy festival or anything going on, but. When I tried Other to find than it a, being July in Vancouver, right? I mean. When I tried to find a place on Airbnb, there's this little warning, and it says one percent of places in Vancouver still available. We, I tried everything, hours of like trying to get hotels with points, isn't that nothing worked? And so, yeah, it was crazy expensive in Vancouver at that time. Yeah, and Vancouver, while we have mentioned, is very expensive to buy property there to rent or airbnbs you can use you can find all ranges especially when you're using u.s dollars to yeah. canadian dollars yeah and we're talking in u.s dollars it was over 200 yeah a night. so it was yeah it was so crazy. i mean good for the person who rented it because they you know were making some good cash there because the demand was so high but in the future if you guys are traveling to vancouver as long as you book ahead you can find you know all sorts of types of yeah of that airbnbs. was one of the most like tight i guess like like one of the situations we've gotten screwed the most in over our years of traveling where we just couldn't find any options and we had to bite the bullet and spend more than we wanted was was that time in vancouver i have one more with the least favorite that i'm going to throw in here i spent one night at our our own airbnb property at laurel street (laughs) the reason this night was not my favorite was that i spent the entire night cleaning up a sewage pipe that had burst in the Listen. basement of the Airbnb. So anyone who's sitting there thinking, mm-hmm. uh, we've told the stories, we've done podcasts. A lot of people have asked us to do more podcasts about our Airbnb experiences as hosts and as people who own them, and we will. But anyone who thinks it's all roses, I I spent seven or eight hours cleaning, shop backing up sewage from a basement because we couldn't get anyone now, out there for like three Now, you did nights. not have to do that yourself. You could have hired a company and paid them to do it. But at they couldn't this, come out for two days. They I didn't couldn't come out. In my yeah, I guess they couldn't come out. And we'd had all these leaks and issues in that house where we'd already had them come out. So like I understand that you just wanted to get it done and, and you did it yourself. And I appreciate it because I didn't have to do it, which was very nice. I tackled the buffalo that you night. You did. You definitely did. And that was a, a proud moment for me that you were willing to do that. But yeah, that's terrible. L.I. shout out to anyone who gets that. I tackled the <laughs> buffalo. Yes, you did. Uh, flights. Best flight, Hath. You know, I was trying to think of the best flight in 2018. I mean, we didn't, we didn't travel very luxuriously. We didn't do any business class or first class or anything. They were all just pretty normal flights. So... When I think back on like one of my favorite flights, it was the one when Wit and I went to Nashville. So Trav was not with us. It was the first time I flew alone with Wit. And, you know, I wasn't expecting it to go badly, but it was so easy <laughs> that I I thought it was a great flight. I mean, we went through security in the airport and everything seamlessly. We got into our seat. 
Wit fell asleep. He slept. I mean, it was a short fight. It's only two hours, but he slept the whole way. I remember just being like a little bored. So I actually bought the Wi-Fi and because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a book or anything because I was thinking, you know, I'm traveling alone with Wit. I'll just, you know, have to play with him or do whatever. But he slept the whole way. So I just sat there on my phone and enjoyed the Wi-Fi and it was super relaxing. And then I got to Nashville and I got to see my sister. And then Trav came like two hours later because he was coming from Denver. So, yeah, that was just a great flight because it was easy. And yeah, I similar to you, not that same flight, but our first big long flight with Wit was Philly to Budapest, nine hours. And it could have been the worst flight because this was a super old plane, no TVs, no entertainment, nothing. They must have, it was a new route. So they, they must just take you know, the oldest plane they have and say, hey, this is a new route. We don't know how well it's going to do. It's fine because for nine hours, no entertainment, nothing. The seats were awful. The overhead bins were like, I've never seen overhead bins like this. They didn't even open. They were just cutouts. So you, like open shelving things. Weird, weird, weird. But it ended up being the best flight because no one was on it. Literally. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty empty. Literally 25% or less of the plane was full. We had for ourselves five full rows there was no one around so what what we did was we had wit in the bassinet like right at the bulkhead we put him in the little bassinet there heather no. had that whole row to lay no, down that was in. oh you mean coming home coming no. home from madrid this because was the philly to budapest flight. the philly to budapest flight we did not have a bassinet we only had the bassinet on the way there what we had was the pillow the, oh, okay. The little pillow. So I I held Wit in the pillow, and um, then when he was like really asleep, I just kind of put him in the pillow in That's the seat true. next okay. to me. Okay, we didn't have the bassinet. No, we didn't. Have yet. The, but we still did have a lot of free rows. I mean, we each had. Yeah. yeah, like I was laying down in a full row. Yeah, and. Yeah, and you know, anytime you get lucky, and that that's happened to us a few times. I took a flight from Japan once that was really empty for some reason, or back to Japan. This just had no one on it, maybe because it was that new route. So crappy plane, but turned out to be amazing yeah, and because we slept were most we were of the worried. Flight. Yeah. yeah, it was a nine-hour flight, and he slept I think like six or seven hours of it. So we were worried like this is going to be brutal, and it ended up being like, all right, this is, this is pretty yeah. sweet. Worst flight of 2018. The worst one for me, because none of them are really that bad, but when we did Madrid to Palma, it was a quick flight, but when we got to the airport, we had to just sit there and wait forever because we were meeting Jason and his flight had been delayed multiple times right. coming I from Norway. And the flight was late at night, which is we kind got of in annoying. At, we got in at 11 p.m. Yeah, and he was supposed to get in at 11 like he was supposed to get in at midnight and didn't get in until two. Yeah, so we just sat at the airport waiting and i mean it was just like it was pretty uncomfortable yeah that was i forgot that we had to wait that long again and then we had to we had hired like uh you a, know a shuttle van a to take shuttle us to van and was just us like it wasn't like a shuttle with other people it was just us and jason and, and our kids and you know then they didn't have the car seats and it was just like all and it was such another a, hour we didn't get to the hotel oh until like word. 3 a.m 3 30 a.m yeah. and so we were just exhausted so that that was the worst i thought my worst flight was philly to portland thankfully this was direct on american airlines but i told you when i got into portland i was so sick so i had been somewhat sick the day before i left and and almost didn't get in the plane thinking you know, that's one of the worst things you can do when you're sick and you know you're probably going to get more sick is hop on a plane it just it's brutal and i decided to chance it luckily i made it 
but I felt like death that entire flight. And Philly to Portland, even though it's direct, you think, oh, no big deal. Well, it's five Still hours. Five hours, yeah. Uh, it, I was, I was in rough, rough, rough shape. Uh, again, I made it without like without throwing up or anything like that. But by the time I landed in Portland, I was wiped out. And then I spent the next three days in a hotel and did not leave the hotel. So, yeah, that was my worst fight. Nothing nothing to do with American Airlines or anything like that. Simply just the fact that I was in bad shape when I landed. All right, so that gets us through accommodations and flights. Now we're going to get into the, the fun, miscellaneous ones. Heth, craziest thing you did in 2018? Well, I mean, the year wasn't exactly a crazy year, but we did do something that was pretty interesting and that is, when we were in Vancouver, our friend Crystal, we were with Crystal and Courtney and Calum, and we were all like, okay, we're going to road trip to Kelowna from Van- from Vancouver. And we have two cars, you know, because we can't all fit in one car, so it should be fine. Well, Crystal's like, yeah, my car's, my car's great. You know, we can take my cards. You know, it's fine. Well, it turns out that her car is a Jetta that her father bought. The year she was born, which was 1987, I think, 1988. I I, I thought it was 89, but that would make her way too young. No, 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 because the van is, oh, best is 89. Whatever. I think it's 87 or 88, whatever. 87 or 88. Her father bought this car. It's been in their family since then, and her father gave it to her when she was a teenager, and she's just like, this car still runs, so I still drive it, which is hilarious. She keeps it in really good shape. But, you know, it doesn't have power steering. It doesn't have air conditioning. It does have seatbelts. That's all we needed for us and Wit. So we literally drove from Kelowna back to Vancouver and then even on to Vancouver Island. You know, we took the ferry with Crystal in her 1987 Jetta. And we're like on the highway, all the windows down, you know, just getting blown with highway wind, you know, which Trav loves because he's he's a windows down windows down guy. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't really that crazy, but it was very funny. Well, also going over those mountains in interior BC, you you have to have some power. And this is an 87. It doesn't have yeah. that much power, especially with four, three adults and a kid in a car seat and our luggage in it. <laughs> so I was driving it back from Kelowna. I drove it back from Kelowna all the way to uh, to Vancouver. And I think it's, what, a four or five hour drive. And you, when you're coming down a mountain, you have to make sure you get enough speed to get up. Now, would it have gotten up the mountain if you started from a stop? Maybe, but it would have been really, really yeah. slow. So you, you, it's like a roller coaster. You're like, all right, let me get some speed up, and then you know, crest up over the next hill and go. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved that. Yeah, drive. I mean, it was fun. It wasn't. It, there was nothing bad about it. It's just, it was you don't funny. Expect- you don't expect something like that to happen, and you know, and I guess a year of pretty of normalcy. That was something that was kind of unusual. Yeah, I'm on the same boat of driving old vehicles far distances. <laughs> the craziest thing I did, and we have a whole podcast about this if you haven't heard it, it's called So I Bought a Van, was I bought right before I was going to fly back from Montana to Philadelphia, I decided, hey, I've always wanted to camp in a van and I've always wanted to take a road trip across the US. So I bought a 1989 Chevy G20 van for $2,200 or 23 I can't remember, 22 to $2,300. And I think the craziest part of that was thinking it would make it the 2,400 miles across the U.S. The guy had taken good care of it, but this is obviously 
you know, a, a third, almost a 30 year old vehicle. And it has 150 some thousand miles on it. Like this is a thing that most people would not drive across the country, especially through some pretty desolate areas like Wyoming and South Dakota. So, uh, I mean, not to ruin the whole story and the punchline, but you guys probably already know it made it. It made it without any issues at all. But that was the craziest thing I did was decide to buy a van on a whim two hours before I was like supposed to, you know, basically be coming home and drive it for eight days back across the U.S. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I mean, that's definitely. And I do have I have you the to craziest thing because <laughs> I was really on the fence of whether I should do it. Even I wanted to, but was nervous. I mean, worst case scenario is, you know, it breaks down. You're caught somewhere. You spent money on it. You end up losing that money. You have to get a plane ticket from somewhere and hitchhike. You know, I'm just thinking way, way worst case scenario. But I also wouldn't have done it without your blessing. And you said, yeah, you know, if you want to do it, I'm not going to do it with you. So if you want to do it, go for it. And right, I did, it was so. the right time, the right place. And, you know, something you'd wanted to do. So, I mean, yeah, I, def- I'm all for people trying to live out their dreams. And it definitely was a dream of yours. I mean, so there you go. Hey, there you go. So that was the craziest thing I did. Best thing that you bought in 2018. I only had to think about this for a second because, you know, I was thinking something travel related. I don't, we didn't really buy many souvenirs when we traveled this year, but immediately what came to mind is that I finally in 2018 purchased for myself the away luggage. I had been wanting a new suitcase for about two to three years. You know, I'd been traveling along around with this soft case samsonite or whatever you know it wasn't that great of a suitcase it didn't even have like the four wheels like you know 360 whatever so i was feeling like travelers and i just really want to get you know some away luggage and he said go for it so i have you to thank for you know allowing me to treat myself and i got my away luggage i love it i cannot rave enough about them they're awesome i love that it has the battery pack in it it has a laundry bag it's very easy to organize it's just awesome so i got the the bigger carry-on size, and it easily fits my stuff for you, trips. You said the only thing you would change about getting that is you got a light-colored one. Yes. And, and it, obviously, it gets banged up because yeah. it's luggage and it gets marks on it. You yeah. would get a darker-colored one. Yeah, because you know we don't usually check our bags, but this year, just because of certain things, we checked it a little more, even though you can carry it on. But yeah, so I got the sand color, which I love, but it did get, it, it gets a little banged up. So if I were to do it again, I would get the black or the navy, but that's boring. You know, I wanted the sand. That's right. <laughs> boring. Color. Boring. Heather <laughs> loves monochromatic stuff. I, I think guess everybody sand knows. isn't exactly white. It, it has a <laughs> tint of color. I'm surprised you didn't just go for the straight white. Um, best thing I bought also was really easy. These three things came to the top of my head right away. I'm three cheating. Things. I'm cheating. Oh my word. One is the aforementioned Bessie, the 1929 Chevy G20. 1929? Van. 1989. 29, <laughs> yeah. 1989 Chevy G20 van. Awesome. Obviously, it gave me an experience, like you said, a, a memory that I'll remember forever. I also bought for the first time a pair of skis. So I've been skiing a little more, but I've always just used rental skis. I went out this year in the beginning of the year when I was out in Vail and I bought a pair of skis, which were which were great. I, you know, I'm super frugal, so I wasn't gonna buy new skis. I bought used skis, but the difference between 
rate like rental skis and and, and kind of normal skis and these which are a little more high performance they're probably too good for the level of skier i am but i got on the slopes and thought oh my gosh like, i felt like i was driving a ferrari and out of control like i was going so much faster so it took me a little while to actually get the hang of them but what a difference it makes to have some some real good equipment the third thing is and and this is I this might be my number one the Duna stroller. So oh we've talked word. about it on other podcasts. <laughs> this thing is a stroller that turns into a car seat or a car seat that turns into a stroller, whichever way you want to say it. And it has wheels, so when you travel, you can bring instead of bringing a car seat and a stroller. If your kid is, you know, under a year and a half, I think it goes up to thirty three pounds or something like that. So Wit is. You could put him in it right now at 14, 15 months, but it would be tight. Yeah, it's it's also, there's a height restriction and a weight restriction. So right. I think Wit just barely is too big for it. But, you know, the first whole year and then a couple months after, depending on the size of your child, it's an awesome, yeah, we, awesome car seat stroller combo to have. We did not have this when we went to Budapest and it was lugging around a huge stroller and a huge car seat was, was awful. So this is... An all-in-one. It's fantastic. Check it out. It's on our gift guide. We talked about it a bunch. But the Duna Stroller, in my mind, is one of the best products out there for parents who want to travel with an infant. I, there's nothing better. Yeah. It is It is perfect. So uh, there you go. What is the biggest change that you saw over this last year for you? I mean, immediately, <laughs> what came to mind was obviously like we traveled with a child. I mean, we had wit and we took his first flight and all the flights that we took thereafter, at least for me, not for you, because you got to take some by yourself. But for me, Hashtag I mean, dad life. Yeah, it was traveling with wit. I mean, that was definitely the biggest change. Yeah, I, that goes without saying. I think if we dug a little bit more, I would just say that we took... And we said this last year, and it continues to be true. Many more domestic trips and way less international trips this year. Again, uh, I think that'll that'll change a little bit in 2019. We do have some plans to go a little more international than just one trip, but many more domestic trips. And I, I don't even see, like I don't think it's a bad thing in any way. We've went to some really cool places. Hit Austin again. Hit Denver. Went down to Florida. Um, I got to go out to Colorado once and Nashville. Like we got to do some really, really neat things um, going domestic, but definitely traveling with a kid was the biggest change for us. But I, in a weird way, Heath, I would say that it it changed stuff, but not as much as I thought. We well, still did that, what we wanted to do. Yes, and that is actually what I have for our next category, the most unexpected thing in a good way. And my answer was just how easy it was to adjust to traveling with wit. I mean, it's different, yes. Is it as easy as being by yourself? No, but it's really not that much harder. I mean, it's different. You just adjust. You, you know, take it slower. You maybe make things more convenient, like we've definitely Ubered more than we have before, rather than, you know, like lugging everything in a taxi or like driving ourselves to the airport. Like one time I left at three o'clock in the morning. I didn't drive myself, park at the airport and get with wit. Like I just Ubered, even though it was a little bit pricier than something that we would normally do. So we just have to adjust and, you know, make it worth it for us and just take it a little bit slower. But that's not necessarily a bad thing in any way. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm glad that we went right in. Nice little segue there. <laughs> I didn't put that down, but I, had I thought of that, I would agree wholeheartedly that traveling with an infant 
it it is different, but it's not like you can't do it, and it no. certainly doesn't make things even. I wouldn't even say worse. It no. just makes it a little different. It's just a little different, and you know, everybody's like, "Oh, well, wait until they're this age, and wait until they're that age." Sure, okay, maybe. Like, Wit's only fourteen months old, and we haven't traveled with a two-year-old, and that could be way harder. But you know, then when oh, you mean wait? People are saying like, "Wait until they're this age." It yeah, gets so hard. Yeah, it gets okay. harder than like, "Oh, a, a baby, so easy." You know, people always have something to say about it. But I really just don't think it's that big of a deal. What's used to it now? We got him out there early doing it, you know. And then the older they get, the more they're interested in other things. So you can sit there and like, okay, yeah, Wit likes Moana. Do I want him to watch Moana all day every day? No. But if he'll sit there for two, an hour and a half, and watch Moana, well, that's an hour and a half of a flight where he'll just chill out. So I mean, really, is it that bad? No. And Moana is <laughs> great. My most expected thing in a good way, I listed four. I'm cheating Oh a my lot. gosh, I'm four, But I'm Travis? just going to rattle them off really quickly. They're, they're places. Okay. So Kelowna, BC, we've already talked about being fabulous. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about going there. You know, you guys wanted to go and our friends wanted to go and they're like, it's, it's cool. We should go to the wine region. I just thought, all right, whatever. We'll go to interior BC. It was what an awesome five days. Wyoming, driving through Wyoming. Again, I looked at it and map said, no, this would be pretty cool to go here. Pretty cool does not describe Wyoming. There is a reason when people go through Wyoming, it's one of their favorite places to travel through. It's it's just so different from anything oh, else I'm I I'm so seen. jealous of that whole trip. I mean, well, maybe, okay, sorry, not the whole trip because I didn't want to yeah, sleep. Yeah, because you didn't want to sleep in a Bessie. 1989 van that was had some mold in it. But, uh, <laughs> and inhabited by animals. Uh, the guy had a dog that slept in there. But anyway, the part of seeing that, those areas of the U.S. that I've never seen, definitely really jealous. We'll just of. have to do it again. Uh, uh, and two other parts in that trip that were unexpected. The Badlands. I had been to the Badlands as, a, as like a 14-year-old with my uncle and didn't remember it being that cool. Maybe we didn't see the same things. I have no idea. I just remember seeing on the map this time and saying, oh, I've been there. I, I think it was okay. And then we went and spent the night there and drove through and I... Th- I thought this is as cool as any national park I've ever seen. This is as cool as the Grand Canyon. So Badlands, very, very underrated and unexpectedly amazing during this trip. And your fourth thing? Decorah, Iowa. (laughs) I had no idea that we just went to go to Toppling Goliath Brewery. And instead, we found the perfect little Midwest town. Decorah, Iowa is like Mayberry. I had such a fun day and night there. I, I love it. It was it was awesome. It was everything I'd want out of a Midwest town. So I'm going to keep that in my head as like this quintessential Midwest town. So those are my most unexpected things in a good way. We didn't have this on our list, but I'm going to throw this out there as a public service announcement. Most unexpected thing in a bad way. Oh, kids under two don't fly yes. free. Don't let this I this like true old wives tale or whatever you want to say um, or however you want to put it. Fool you. Kids under two don't always fly free. I just assumed this was true because I had heard it from so many people. Kids under two do fly free domestically usually. In the U.S. and even to Canada and yes. I think to Mexico as well. But and, and that's not even all the time, but, but as a general rule, most of the time that will happen. Kids under two don't usually fly free if you're going international. And we learned this the hard way. We used our points to book a ticket for Heather and I. A uh, one-way ticket from Philly to Budapest, and then a one-way ticket from Mallorca, Spain, home. And we used our points, and someone told us, hey, you better check, because usually 
the kids will pay 10% of what the regular fare is. And I thought, okay, well, no big deal. What's a one-way ticket between Philly and Budapest? Maybe 600 bucks. All right, we pay 60 bucks. Well, when we called up, because we waited until the couple days before, a one-way ticket between those two places was $2,500, which meant, because they were just basing it on what the fare was at that point that we added wit to our itinerary, because we didn't have a ticket. Like Usually, if you buy the ticket outright, they say, hey, it's 10% of your ticket price. We used our miles, so we paid nothing. It, so there was no date. Like We had bought the tickets right. months in advance. So the day that we called up to Adam, just that day happened to be $2,500 to get between Philadelphia and Budapest. And so they're like, well, you have to pay $250 for your son's ticket. And I tried oh, to fight it word. and tried to fight it yeah. and tried to fight it. And they just would have so, none of it. And so just note to self that you know if you're traveling with a child under two and you've used your miles or your points and you need to add him, make sure you add them in advance or like also don't book a one-way ticket right, because a round-trip ticket was cheaper. Like a round-trip from Philly to Budapest back to Philly was like maybe $700? Yeah, or $800. So we would have spent $80. But because ours was only one way, they would only make us pay what a one-way ticket was. They didn't care that... They didn't care that no human would have booked a $2,500 one-way ticket between Philly and Budapest. You would have booked an $800 round trip because it was, you know, three times as cheap. And you just wouldn't have flown that second way home if you didn't need to. They didn't care. They didn't want to hear it. They just said, hey, he has to be on the exact same flight itinerary as you, which is one way. And here's how much that ticket cost. Which then cost us the same thing from Mallorca home. Same thing. We paid $220. So... Make sure if you're using your miles, you know how much Lesson that exact learned. flight costs. Lesson learned. And you're going to pay 10% for your kids. So just be aware of that. Most underwhelming thing in 2018. So for me, the most underwhelming thing was when we got to Majorca and we got to the Sea Club Alcudia Resort. The resort your, itself. Your best value. Yeah, my best value. The resort itself was nice, but... The area surrounding the resort, because Alcudia is a, is a little, you know, medieval village town, right. you know, on the coast of Majorca. But the resort was not in Alcudia. You know, it's a, it's a mile maybe from Alcudia. And so the area around it was really... Like tourist Touristy central. and kind British of borderline. British fish and chip shops. I mean, just like bad restaurants. Like, I, I was like, where are we? This is, is not that cool. However... If anyone's been to the Wildwood <laughs> Boardwalk, imagine the Wildwood Boardwalk in Spain. Yes, yes. In the one in New Jersey, the, the Wildwood. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't that cool. However, if you just like walk, you go to the beach and then you can walk along the beach on like a path to, you know, the port of Alcudia. It was great. You know, there's lots of great restaurants and, you know, some local things. But the area around the resort. Was we were just on the outskirts, which so is bad. like the, the crappy yeah. chain restaurants, stalls selling like flip flops and beach pails. Yeah, and just... it, it was not what I was expecting yeah. of Mallorca. And then, you know, once we got out and we saw some other things and we knew that we could walk into the into the port, you know, pretty quickly, it was fine. But that when I first got there in the first couple of days, I was like, wow, where where are we? This yeah, is not what I was expecting. Right. I, I am with you. We were expecting a quaint little town and instead we got, yeah, like hawker stalls. Like you could have been anywhere Right in the world, or or really anywhere in the U.S. or or Great Britain, like because that was anywhere <laughs> that had British pubs, you could have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
My most underwhelming thing, this is going to rile a lot of people up. Oh, I swear I'm not no. doing it for that reason. I couldn't think of anything. So yours was great. I'll, I'll jump on yours, but I have to put the one that I have out here, was Yellowstone. Really? Now, people are going to get pissed. I understand that. Yellowstone itself was awesome. I think the reason I'm saying it's the most underwhelming thing is, A, we had a, a fantastic year. Also, the rest of the trip... I saw such amazing stuff like Wyoming was fantastic. The Badlands were amazing. Places I just mentioned. So I kind of assumed that Yellowstone on a trip like that would be the pinnacle. Like that'd be the coolest thing you saw on this road trip going back. And instead, I thought Wyoming was really neat and and, and cool. I thought Badlands were really cool. I thought that town in, in Iowa, Decorah was really cool. I thought the Indiana Sand Dunes Park was really neat. So... It's not that Yellowstone sucked. It it was cool. It's just that other things that I hadn't heard about were more were as cool, if not better. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, all right, when you it's that idea of expectations, right? Yeah, when you have sure. crazy expectations for something, it might be as neat as something that you had no expectations for, but it's underwhelming in comparison. So sure. and you're not saying don't go to Yellowstone or the Yellowstone. Not at all. Sucks. It was it was sucks. It's not at just... all. It was cool. It was all. It was very packed. Yeah. Um, and we were there in August, so we're sure. there super high season. Yep. But so it was really neat, and we saw some really great things. But I enjoyed being out on the open road more than just going through Yellowstone. And we were there to get. You know, I am by no means a Yellowstone expert. We were there for one day, and we drove through. So and parked at some stuff. So I'm just saying, overall, that was my most underwhelming thing. It was very hard because 2018 was a pretty Understood. killer year. Understood. Neatest person or people we met in 2019. 2018. 2018, yes. I'm not asking you to look into the future. <laughs> well, so far today, I've only seen you, your mom, and Wits. So I haven't met anyone new in 2019. However, in 2018, we met a lot of people. And my favorite person and the, the neatest person that we met has to be on TV, Vanessa. She is just an incredible person with a high energy and just great personality. She's super exuberant. We met her at TravelCon this year and, you know, we know a lot of the same people and I just love her. She's great. She's helped us, you know, with our business. She's helped us in our, in our friendship. Uh, she came and we planned out our whole 2019 year with her and she got us all organized and, and we, we made some new goals and we did all this awesome stuff with her and she's just a joy to be around. So I have to say that she's the best person that I met in 2019 and I'm so happy that we did meet her. Auntie V. Which Auntie V? Vanessa. Mm -hmm. I I would agree wholeheartedly with that. I my On my list, what I said was our Denex location indie crew. So for the first time we did a bigger retreat with our location indie community in denver in end of september and there was 35 people who end up coming out to that plus our team members and i'm not going to go through and name all 35 people who were at the denver li um experience but it was really it blew away my expectations we, we were a little nervous about running this hey is it going to be fun you know you bring all these people together you're kind of you have to make sure they have a good time. And I think to a person, everyone had a fantastic time. It was amazing to bring 35 entrepreneurs and people wanted to be location independent together in a room to do some business stuff in the morning. And then after afternoons, we spent like 
going to a ping pong bar, going to a Rockies game, hiking mountains. So it was just a really fun four days. What an awesome vibe. Got to meet some incredible people and make connections that really are going to last forever. We've been able to have our, our buddy Mitko. He came and visited us here in Philly. So we first met him in Denver uh, at this meetup. He came and has visited us since in Philly. So just it's just neat that knowing that these people that that we have in our community that we met are we're going to meet again maybe at our Mexico meetup uh, in February maybe somewhere further down the line because everyone loves traveling so I just it went fantastically well and I just loved when you get thirty five people in a room and you have that type of vibe between everyone and those type of bonds forming that's that's a hard thing to do um, and and it. It's only because the people there were so awesome that we were able to do it. Yeah, it, it was really incredible. And it is so fun to be in this whole entrepreneurial sphere where you can go to live events and and meet people. And that's something that we're trying to do more and more because, you know, it's great to be location independent. It's great to like work from your office in your house or like from a beach in Majorca, whatever. But sometimes you just want to be around other people who are doing kind of the same thing as you. So going to these live events and conferences and meetups is just really, really fun to do. And we get to meet lots of great new people. Yeah. And I think holding your own then takes it to another level. And that's why I was so a little nerve wracking because going to a conference as an attendee or even as a speaker like we did at TravelCon is one thing. Running your own conference or retreat is a whole nother ball game. And I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad it it went off without a hitch and, and you know, with flying colors. And of course the people we got to meet there were fantastic. So all you guys who are awesome. listening who are part of the Denex location indie crew, um, thanks so much for making twenty eighteen such an amazing year. We are gonna end with our last one, the biggest the mishap. biggest mishap. So Heth, you're and again, as you guys know, when we do these lists, I don't have any idea what Heather's going to say yeah. for these answers. So I'm very interested to hear your biggest mishap of 2018. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have anything too crazy like the one year that we got stuck at the border in between Bosnia, Bosnia and, Croatia. and Croatia, and we had to like sneak across. No, it wasn't. Or when anything... I my passport was too full right. in Singapore, yeah, or my know... mom's passport in Cambodia. <laughs> Couldn't get into Cambodia. Exactly. So uh, as appropriate to this year and traveling with Wed and being parents, I have a very parent answer. And that is when we were in Mayorka and we went in, out into Alcudia for a nice dinner with Trav and Jason and Ellie and Wit. And, you know, first nice dinner and like we, we got away from the family resort that we cafeteria, had been at. Cafeteria, chaos. First nice dinner in the in the town. You that, know, and we're just sitting on this cobblestone street outside this great restaurant. And I'm ready to eat awesome fish. Ordered some amazing food. And all of a sudden, the poop explosion happens. And Wit just decides it's time to seriously just like get poop everywhere. It was all over me. It got, I've like, in all those months of having Wit, I mean, he was seven months at the time. I have never had poop on my person. And this was the time like when we're out at dinner. It was hilarious. People were like walking by. Nobody was mad. It's Europe. I, like the waiters if this were happened laughing. in the U.S., I'm not sure people would have been so amenable to the situation, but people were just like, oh my goodness, like poor them. This is kind of funny. So, and we were outside, at least we weren't like in a cramped restaurant inside. We were outside. So it was just funny. And like then the rest of the night, you know, 
had to like somehow clean myself up so that we could continue to walk around the town after dinner. But it was a pretty funny experience and definitely a major mishap. Yeah, you can peep it on our Instagram. I think it's on <laughs> at Pack of Peanuts, right? Yeah. It's definitely on Wit's Instagram at Traveling Wit Miles. I I would agree. It was just one of those. It was one of those instances where you're like shit happens and it really does right i we finally were ready to go out for a nice dinner we're like okay everything's great out of this crazy cafeteria with 300 kids running around really mellow wine outside on the cobblestone waiter in like the white apron (laughs) we're like this is great literally didn't even get the basket of bread before wit decided to cause mayhem but either way really funny time My biggest mishap, this could have been much more of a disaster than just the poop explosion, was, and no one's fault exactly here, but we went out to Montana for this rafting trip. And When you say we, you mean you and and a bunch of other guys, not you and I. Yeah, me and a bunch of other guys. Some of them you may know or have heard me talk about on the podcast. Napkins, hashtag love napkins was with me. A bunch of other guys went out to Montana to visit another one of our friends, John. And he lived out in Montana, and we we're going to go on the Smith River on this rafting trip. Well, the Smith River, it threw a wrench in our plans because the water wasn't high enough. So we, at the last minute, we had to decide to go on another river. And we went on the Blackfoot, which isn't really the best place to raft, uh, especially the part that we went on because there are beaver dams all throughout the river. There's also no real flow. So we had a 10-person and a 15-person raft. Uh, and there's only f- six of us on the trip, so four people in one, two another. So we had these really heavy, packed-down rafts with nary a current that then we had to get out and port around beaver dams like every hour or two. Mm. Um, it just sounds It turned awful. into a debacle. We also then ran out of water on day two. Uh, it was over 100 degrees. And we had to get off this river, and, and thankfully, my buddy Odor uh, saved the day. He had downloaded a map of this river beforehand because there's no Wi-Fi. I mean, this is one of those things where you're like, people are so stupid. How could they be so dumb? This isn't like rafting, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, like, oh, there's people around. I mean, we are in one of the most remote areas of the country where feasibly people could die if they're unprepared like we were a little bit. Now, would we have? Probably not. But you just, you know, it's the stuff you hear about, being unprepared. Odor had downloaded a map. And he saw on it, he was like, listen, if we don't get off this river, this river goes away from the road because it had been following the road. Now, it's not like we were right on the road. It was it was up a mountain. But if we didn't get off then, we were probably going to have to do another three, four days on this river to get back to the road um, because it had split from the road. So we, at the last point that we could get out, we got out and we had to hike all our gear, um, including the, the huge rafts. Uh, the inflatable rafts up a you wouldn't cliff say a, face. A, up a cliff face uh, in 110 degree heat with no water. It took us about three and a half hours to get all our gear from top to bottom. Maybe 20 trips up and down. I don't know. We stopped counting at some point. A few of us, uh, my buddy's not going to throw anyone under the bus, but we're dehydrated, so they took less trips. Uh, it was it was absolutely brutal and. Um, you know, looking back, you're like, hey, this was fun. Like, I'm glad, or not fun. It was like you got through it and it was 
something that you're like proud that you have done, but we should definitely not have been this unprepared. And it could have led to someone getting hurt and or, you know, getting severely dehydrated or something bad happening. Luckily, it didn't. Um, so it was fine, but that was definitely the biggest mishap, was yeah, getting out it, on a remote river without the right supplies. It was pretty wild, you know, hearing it from from Trav, you know, because I was expecting him to go out on this river and, you know, not have cell phone service and expecting not to hear from him. <laughs> and, then, you know, I didn't hear from him during the events, but then, you know, when once they got back to the car and they had cell service and he called me and he was like, yeah, this is kind of what happened. You know, I'm, I was shocked. I was very surprised that it, it had come, it turned out that way and it sounded disastrous and horrible. And I definitely, if I had been in that same situation, I would have not held my cool as well as, as Trav did. Yeah, it was just, it was tough. We were on the wrong part of the Blackfoot. We probably should have been on another part where when we looked back and took the drone out and stuff, there was no beaver dams and there was more of a current, whatever. Everything was last minute because the other trip got got waylaid, got canceled on on a river that had campsites and that you were with other people and was much more uh, set up for that type of stuff. The part of the river we were on, I mean, in three days, we saw one, two people, a, a, a father and a son fishing at one on like at one point on day one. And then there was literally no humans around for the next couple of days. So uh, definitely it was a mishap. It ended up okay. But in hindsight or or and looking ahead next time we'll have to be much more prepared and that Absolutely. that just means knowing having better maps knowing where we're going knowing where we're getting on where we're getting off things like that so um still all's well that ends well <laughs> that is our 2018 superlatives some fun stuff in there of course if you have some superlatives from your travels as well we'd love to hear them let us know what's the craziest thing you've done the best thing you bought uh, this is a fun one. Most unexpected thing in a good way that happened to you. Maybe your biggest travel mishap. Tweet us at Pack of Peanuts, or of course, you can hit us up on Instagram at Pack of Peanuts at Heather Sherry and let us know. Uh, we want to hear your travel stories as well. Don't forget the show notes to this show. You can get extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. This is part two of our seven part year in review. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be giving you some awesome other episodes about our 2018, recapping our 2018. That's Next up is our best meals of 2018. Always a super fun one. Hath, excited to put together those notes. Part four is best wine and coffee, where you're going to take the lead because you're the wine and coffee guru there. Part five, best beers of 2018. Part six is our best desserts of 2018. Yummy, yummy. And part seven is our best experiences of 2018. So those will be coming out as uh, January continues to go on. And probably a little bit into February as well. So look out for them, our year in review. You can find all those if you're listening to this at a later date, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. Just want to say it's been another year. Like as we turn a page to begin 2019, it's been another amazing year. You guys have been fantastic as listeners. Uh, we could not do it without you. I can't believe that we're, I think at this point, had five years in. Uh, five and a half years into our podcasting journey. It's incredible. Journey. It's so fun. It's definitely one of our favorite parts of our work life is recording these podcasts. We have so much fun doing it and we love, you know, interacting with all of you listeners, you know, through the blog or on social media. It's just, it's so great to just, you know, share our love of travel with other people. Yeah. So keep listening. We'll keep recording. We promise you that. Make sure you hang out with us on social media. Let us know some of those things that I asked you. 
And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support for this, for listening to this show and all the other shows that you guys have been binging on. We really, really, truly appreciate it. Until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris in the morning.